0: Engineers have developed tricks to create radio beams without reflectors. If we stand two antennas side by side, with the distance between them equal to one-half the wavelength of the radio signal, the radiated energy from this simple array assumes the pattern of a figure 8 when viewed from above. The radio waves travel farthest in the two directions perpendicular to the array, that is, perpendicular to the line connecting the antennas. Because in these directions, the user would receive both antenna signals at the exact same time. In other words, the two signals would be in phase. When two identical signals are in phase, they combine to form a signal that's twice as strong as either one alone. But in the directions parallel to the array, the user would receive the two antenna signals 180 degrees out of phase. The wave peaks from one antenna would arrive at the same time as the wave troughs of the other, so that the two signals would cancel each other out. This phenomenon creates a null, an area where the signal cannot be detected. The beam generated by the two-antenna array is a fairly broad one, and it extends in opposite directions. But engineers can progressively narrow the beam by adding more antennas. Such phased-array antennas have been used to focus radar beams since World War II, Although increasing the number of antennas makes the beam narrower, it also produces smaller beams called lobes on both sides of the main beam. Depending on the user's direction from the antenna array, the signal can either be stronger than the signal radiated by a single antenna, gain, or weaker because of the cancellation effects, rejection. Aiming the Beam Radial beams are of little use, however, if they cannot be pointed to their intended recipients. The most obvious solution is to physically turn the antenna array, but this method is very awkward and expensive. It's much easier to steer the radio beams electronically. Using one technique called beam switching, antenna arrays create a group of overlapping radio beams that together cover the surrounding area. When a cell phone user makes a call, the radio receiver determines which beam is providing the strongest signal from the user. The array transmitter then talks back using the same beam from which the signal was received. If the user walks out of the original beam to an adjacent one, the radio's control system switches to the new beam, employing it for both reception and transmission. Beam switching, though, does not work well in the real world of wireless communications. For a beam to be most effective, the mobile user has to stand at the center of the beam. As the user moves off-center, the signal fades just as the light from a flashlight gets dimmer as you step away from the direction in which it's pointed. When the user approaches the far edge of the beam, the signal strength can degrade rapidly before the system switches to the adjacent beam. And what if there is another user who is trying to use the same radio channel but from a different direction? If the second user is standing in a null, there would be no interference, but if the interloper happens to be in the center of a lobe, the second signal may well block or distort the first. Another challenge for beam-switching systems is the fact that in most environments, radio signals rarely travel in direct paths. The signal you receive on your cell phone is usually a combination of reflections off natural and man-made objects, buildings, mountains, vehicles, trees, and so on. And these reflections are constantly changing, especially the ones caused by large vehicles such as buses. This phenomenon, known as multipath, also affects the signal sent from the cell phone to the base station. If a user in a beam-switching network is near the edge of a beam, The signal that he or she transmits may bounce into an adjacent beam before reaching the beam-switching array. In that case, the array would transmit to the wrong beam and the user might miss the return signal entirely. For practical applications, beam-switching systems are obviously inadequate. An antenna array that is truly smart would be able to aim a radio beam directly at a mobile user instead of choosing a beam that comes relatively close. The ideal array would also be to adjust the beam pattern so that it minimized interference from other users who were communicating on the same frequency channel. At last, the array must be able to adapt quickly to changes in the user's position and shifting reflections. And that is where adaptive antenna arrays come in. The cocktail party effect. What makes the adaptive array so smart? The key step is processing the information received by its antennas. A good analogy is the way the brain processes acoustic information from the ears. A person with normal hearing can usually locate the source of a sound even with his or her eyes closed. The convoluted folds in the outer ear produce different resonances depending on the angle of the incoming sound. And unless the sound is coming from directly ahead or behind or directly above or below, it reaches one ear before the other, so there is a time lag between the two signals. The brain receives this information and rapidly computes the location of the source. What's more, people with normal hearing can pick up relatively quiet sounds, say, an interesting conversation, amid loud background noise. This phenomenon is commonly known as the cocktail party effect. Researchers have shown that the ability to focus on a specific sound partly depends on the ability to locate the sound source. In an experiment that tested how well people could hear a signal while being blasted with background noise, subjects listening with both ears were able to detect much softer sounds than subjects listening with only one ear. Once the brain has determined the position of the acoustic force, it can focus on the sound and tune out unwanted noise coming from other directions. Similarly, an adaptive antenna array can pinpoint the source of a radio signal and selectively amplify it while cancelling out competing signals. The array's brain is a digital processor that can manipulate the signals coming down the wires from the antennas. A typical adaptive array consists of 4 to 12 antennas, but for simplicity's sake, let us consider an array of two antennas separated by a distance equal to half the wavelength of the radio signal. In an ordinary array, the signals from the two antennas are just added together. But in an adaptive array, the signals are sent to the adjoining processor, which can perform any number of mathematical operations on them. For example, suppose that the array is aligned north to south, and a signal from a cell phone user comes in from the east. The processor can quickly determine the direction of the signal, because the radio waves reach both antennas at the same time. They must be coming from a direction perpendicular to the array. To maximize reception, the processor adds the signals together, doubling their intensity. When transmitting back to the user, the array emits identical signals from both antennas. But now suppose that another cell phone user sends a signal from the south. Because the signal waves hitting the north antenna are 180 degrees out of phase from the waves striking from the south antenna, the processor can tell that the signal is coming from a direction parallel to the array. So the processor now subtracts one signal from the other. Thus, it inverts the signal from the north or south antenna, turning wave peaks into wave troughs and vice versa, and adds this mirror image to the signal from the south or north antenna. Again, the signal's intensity is doubled, and when the array transmits back to the cell phone user, the processor sends an out-of-phase signal to one of the antennas, generating a radio beam that runs from north to south. Notice that in both these examples, the radio beam generated for one cell phone user does not reach the other. The two users could be communicating with the adaptive array at the same time under the same frequency channel, but their signals would not interfere with each other. The array's processor can create radio beams pointing in other directions as well by performing more complex mathematical operations on the signals from the two antennas. The task of selective transmission and reception is thus reduced to solving a series of simultaneous equations to direct beams at users who are moving around the processor must repeatedly solve the equations with constantly updated information from the antenna array adding more antennas to the adaptive array increases the locating precision and the gain of the signal an array of 12 antennas can hear signals a dozen times as faint as those that can be heard by a single antenna the array can also transmit 12 times as loudly and much more directly and the processor can juggle the antenna signals to create beam patterns that ensure the greatest possible gain for a desired signal and the greatest possible rejection for other signals on the same frequency. Because the processor is fast enough to perform this task many times a second, the array can continually readjust the radio beam as the cell phone user walks or drives across the array's coverage area. The system is designed so that stray reflections of the user's signal against vehicles or buildings do not trigger abrupt changes in the direction of the beam. By tracking the user's route, the array can estimate the likelihood of future movements and discard erroneous information indicating sudden leaps in position. Furthermore, the most advanced adaptive arrays can take advantage of the multipath phenomenon to focus radio signals still further. The processors in these arrays are so powerful that they can handle information from all the reflected signals that bounce along various routes between the cell phone and the adaptive array. By including the multipath reflections in the mathematical equations, the processor can extrapolate not only the direction of the signal, but also the exact position of the user's cell phone. In an urban environment where there are numerous reflections, the adaptive array can receive from and transmit to a small area surrounding the phone. Instead of generating a radio beam, the array creates a personal cell that can be only centimeters in radius. And because the array is constantly recalculating the phone's position, this personal cell can follow the user as he or she moves about. Benefits and Applications Wireless networks that employ adaptive antenna arrays have several advantages over conventional cellular networks. Because a base station equipped with an adaptive array has a far greater range than an ordinary station transmitting at the same power, fewer stations are needed to cover a given area. Although adaptive arrays may be more expensive than traditional arrays, reducing the number of base stations dramatically cuts the overall cost of deploying and operating a wireless network. Adaptive arrays also enable a cellular service company to make better use of a scarce resource, the spectrum of frequencies allotted to the company for its radio signals. Many cellular systems are becoming overloaded with customers. In certain congested sectors, the barrage of signals sometimes exceeds the amount that can be carried on the limited number of radio channels. Customers feel the crunch when their calls are dropped or they hear poor quality signals. But because adaptive arrays allow several cell phone users within a base station's coverage area to share the same radio channel, the technology increases the capacity of the spectrum. The improvement over ordinary antennas is significant. Base stations outfitted with adaptive arrays can serve about six times as many people for voice communications and up to 40 times as many for data transmission. The result is better service and less interference, not to mention less wasted energy and radio pollution. It's not surprising, then, that adaptive antenna arrays are already in commercial use. Arrays using technology created by Arraycom have been mounted on more than 150,000 cellular base stations in Japan, China, Thailand, and other countries in Asia and Africa. All told, the Arrays provide phone service to more than 15 million people. Commercial adoption has been slower in the U.S. and Europe, partly because the telecommunications industry's economic slump has curtailed new investment in cellular networks. But one U.S. manufacturer, AirNet, in Melbourne, Florida, it's currently making cellular base stations that employ array comms technology. And Marconi, a British telecommunications company, is developing an advanced base station that will contain adaptive arrays. Adaptive arrays are also a boon to wireless data networks. Because the arrays minimize interference, they can receive and transmit more data to users in a given chunk of frequency spectrum. A base station equipped with an adaptive array could deliver data to about 40 concurrent users at a rate of 1 megabit a second, which is about 20 times as fast as the typical data rate for existing long-range wireless networks. Because all the users in such a network do not usually require peak data rates at the same time, one station with an adaptive array could serve several thousand people. Users with laptops or other portable devices would be able to get uninterrupted high-speed access to the Internet while walking or driving across the coverage area. Since the late 1990s, the telecommunications industry has been heralding the advent of the wireless Internet. The new networks have been developing more slowly than originally predicted, but work is nonetheless progressing. As wireless carriers continue to pursue 3G networks, next-generation cellular systems that transmit data in packets, other companies are offering ways of competing solutions for high-speed data transmissions. Smart antennas have been incorporated in some of these solutions and can be put to use in existing networks as well. A data network based on array comms technology is now operating in Sydney, Australia, and similar networks may soon be built in the U.S. and South Korea. Adaptive arrays developed by Navini Networks in Richardson, Texas, are also being tested by wireless carriers. Several major manufacturers of telecommunications equipment plan to incorporate smart antenna technology into their next generation of products. For almost 100 years after Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone, voice communications relied on a physical connection, a copper wire or a coaxial cable between the caller and the network. Over the past 30 years, though, cellular phones have given us a taste of the freedom to communicate without wires. With the help of adaptive array technology, wireless carriers will be able to offer far better performance at a much lower cost than wired networks do. Only then will we rid ourselves.